welcome to Critical Ditto, a Pokemon roleplay podcast that features me. Um, do you know, I went back, I went back, and, I, <laughs> and no, one no one else. And no one else. I listened to an episode that we'd done previously, and I start the episode by going, welcome to Critical Ditto, your favourite Pokemon roleplay podcast. And I cannot imagine what kind of blind, courageous hubris I was feeling that day to come out with such a presumptive statement. And I no, don't... I- <laughs> I think I remember editing that, and I think I remember taking out about four or five minutes of you freaking out about the fact that you went too bold. <laughs> that sounds more legit. Yeah. That so I said, right. so I said, no, mate, go big. We are the favourite. We're the best. Oh. Roll with tone it. Tone it down now in these times. I think now say your third favourite, probably. Okay, that seems fair. That seems safe. I, no, I have third favourite. I'm not just because something else is happening outside of it doesn't mean we have to sell ourselves short, good sirs. To my no, to my left, he's not there today. We've sadly not got Ali's face, but we have his velvety tones. So audibly, listen <laughs> to Mr. Alistair Hill introduce himself. Thank you, Stuart. You're listening to Alistair Hill uh, giving you Kenny Mullet, and I'm going to pull away from the mic before. I do something I regret. Um, Kenny is an empathetic yet haunted young man from Comover Town uh, on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers. Fun fact about Kenny, doesn't believe in dentists. Well, who who puts the teeth under my pillow, Ali? Oh, that's the tooth fairy, but not dentists themselves. I mean, how much can you really learn from someone's teeth, you know? On Kenny's team, he has a Dartrix called Bowtie. He has a Gyarados called Moustache. He's a Salandit called Hoops. He has a Honchcrow called Fedora, and he has a Spiritoom called Swirly. And though I can't see him, I, uh, I I rest easy knowing that to my digital left is Mr. David Leavesley. Thank you very much, Ali. And on today's thought of the day, we have Theo, the lax <laughs> priest of the Church of Sloking, who's here to give us some thoughts about acerbic quips to aim at people they're mildly attracted to. The only thing that Theo does. Um, and on Theo's team, we have a Meditite. We have Hillary the Swadloon. We, I feel like I've said swaddle intermittently every single week, but it is a Swadloon. Cabbage the Kabuto, a Togekiss, a Barbarical, otherwise known as Brobarical, and Jason the Combi. And then to my other side is the one, the only, the inimitable Tom Dale. Yes, it's me, Tom Dale, here at Radio 17. Extra hype! Not hype about anything, just hype. What, what, what? It's Thomas Dale! <laughs> <laughs> Ali, you should have been the freaking Radio 17 extra hype. That was excellent. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any more? Do you have any more on your soundboard? <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, what are you going to give us today? <laughs> give us brandy! <laughs> yes, yes, I'm playing... Brandy. She is the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion Gary Smoke and is on a quest not to become the Pokemon champion anymore, but probably still in the background, but mainly to find out more about her father and the fact that he's a Celio, which is crazy. <laughs> the more you say it. <laughs> uh, and to, to help Brandy, she has on her team a low punny called Wimpy, a Scroopy called Gary, was about to say a Gary called Scroopy, a Munchlax called Snorleone, a Bunnelby, and a Meltan. Right, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask Ali to step two, two inches away from his mic, and I'm just going to press some buttons on my soundboard, which connects to Ali, <laughs> and see if one of them leads us into what happened last time. Here we go, and push. Brad, 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 not that one, not that one, okay. What happened last time? There we go. Previously on Critical Ditto. 
A month has passed. We're going to flash back to the start of that month. Kenny wants to practice controlling poker powers with Tyronius and Octi. I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to help you. Brandy is actually going to go back to Surfloak Town and will use the treasure hoard to donate it to Whiskey's Delios and the town of Surfloak. Mum, if you had the opportunity to see Dad again, you'd do it, right? Yeah, of course I want to see him again, Brandy. Celio! Celio! I'm never going to forgive the person who took you away from me, and I promise I'm going to bring you back. Theo asks Kanan to come meet them. The church that I dedicated my life to no longer exists. I do hope we can continue to work together. Theo and Kanan spend the rest of the, the night researching with the slowpoke. Theo has also learned Minimize. And where is it headed? I see notifications that we'll be sending it in the direction of the core. The idea of Theo doing some teaching for Kenny and Brandon about battling and about their Pokemon. As Theo's head is in their hand, the door bursts open and it's Professor Honey. Post-training week, Honey and Asta have left you guys on the ship and returned home. Junction, what's I happened? I some rather distressing news. Asta and Honey stand, mouths agape, and the room is empty. Andros! And So, we just are going to jump in at another spot in our 30-day timeline. Brandy, would you rather define where in the month this event, this scene, this encounter happens, or would you rather decide who it's with, or would you rather decide what it's about? I would like to have a scene with Meltan. Oh, great. Because just, just doing that intro made me be like, I need to, I need to get to know this, this little Meltan a little bit more. Yeah, your Bunnelby has more characterization than Martin at the moment. Exactly. You hate Bunnelby. Bunnelby. I feel like I know more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's an it's a it's an interaction with Meltan. Ali, where in Formia are we uh, are we having this Meltan interaction? We are having this interaction on the edge of a lovely little secluded lake in the middle of the mountains. Cute. What are the name of these mountains, Ali? Oh, um, <laughs> You're very fond of them, I can tell. That was a very <laughs> loving, warm... The old, the old mountains, I think they're called. The Himonlayers? The Himonlayers. The Himonlayers. The Himonlayers. Ali, well you, Yeah, you, you, were, you were groaning word. and moaning. That's I, I was not full of confidence, but That's came really up with strong. a lot more, which is not what I can say for most of the podcast. <laughs> the Himonlayers. Oh, I like that. Okay, so this is a little lake... Maybe at the base of the Hitmon layers or slightly slightly up where the water the pooling off has collected. It seems like a very serene, very idyllic place. David, why have Brandy and Meltan gone to this this spa in the mountains? <laughs> what what conf Okay, David. Are we what- on a sort of honeymoon? <laughs> I don't know. This is my question. David, what conflict have they gone to resolve? I think that uh, Brandy and Meltan are having to deal with the fact that Meltan has never had to be an individual before. And so, therefore, is very used to functioning as part of a group and as part of a collective. But Brandy wants to draw out Meltan's ability as an individual Pokemon. Great. Okay. So, Tom, you have flown to the Hitmonlayer Mountains of the Formia region to the northeast. 
on the, the flying ship. I tell you, you what, have. I've got such pull on this airship to be like, look, guys, can we just swing by this mountain retreat? Because I need to sort this stuff out with my Pokemon. <laughs> so, look, I, think, I don't, care how I don't think that's what happened. I think everyone else is doing an errand at some point in that day. And you've been like, right, Meltan, we're going. Mountains, now. We've got, we've, yeah. got, we've got three hours. Let's go. What I you don't you... know is, Tom, is that the acoustics are amazing for flautists. So Kenny is just playing flutes in the mountains. <laughs> oh, it's Kenny a has a recital. Kenny has a recital at three. <laughs> <In the background. laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just underlay a, a, a lovely, lovely little flute soundtrack to this scene. <laughs> but I will not actually do it because, my God, you don't want that. <laughs> it's like the 20th century fox flute. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> By this lake, Brandy takes out a twig and is going to write in the dirt the word Brandy. Brandy? My name is Brandy. Meltan? What is your name? And I Mel- hand the twig to Meltan. Meltan. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that Meltan just writes Brandy in the in the dirt as well. Mel- Meltan. 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 Now, see, what you've done there is you've said Meltan, but you've written Brandy. Okay, because you, you seem to have this thing, Meltan, where you're following me around everywhere I go. Meltan. Which is which is okay. You know, Meltan. I get that. I get that. But there are some places you can't follow me. Like the bathroom, for example. Meltan. Meltan. That's not okay. You're not allowed to be there. That's Meltan. not a place for Pokemon. You have your own Pokeporta potties just for yourselves. Oh, okay? wonderful, Tom. That's very impressive diction. But you can't keep following me. And every time I yell out an attack for, say, Wimpy, I, I start pound. You pop out of your Pokeball and you just start pounding against the wall. When I start, when I tell Gary to use Rock Throw, you jump out your Pokeball again and you start throwing rocks. But you, you throw them better than Scroopy. I'll give you that. But I need, I need you to be able to do Meltan stuff. So Meltan, do something that I just don't expect right now. Just do something that I've never done before. Do you want to roll? Yeah. What kind of roll is this, Stu? This is a this is a charm roll. Two d six plus one for Brandy here. Here we go. Oh, mm. wow! Wow, is a six plus a five plus a one, so it's a twelve. Oh my! Wow! Meltan Gigantamaxes. <laughs> well, it's a twelve, Tom. What would you like to see Meltan do? The thing is, with Meltan, what I've been desperately trying to get out of Meltan is some individuality, some form of ability where Meltan can make an actual uh, decision. I think we see a real pain in Meltan's eyes of being like, how can I do this? And suddenly sort of a chain in his head sort of breaks mentally, I not physically. And I think it jumps into the lake. I think it just jumps into the lake and Brandy freaks out. Oh my God, no, 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 no. It's going to kill itself. So Brandy dives in after Meltan. She follows Meltan down thinking that Meltan is um, trying to commit some sort of Pokemon suicide because she asked it to do something that it didn't want to do. But actually, Meltan has swum all the way down, well, not all the way down, but pretty close to the bottom of the lake and finds a small flower 
and then says, Meltan, and then points at the flower. Meltan. Oh, nice. Okay. So, your name is Flower? Is that what you want to go with? And Meltan's like, Meltan, Meltan. And has made the decision that the first thing Meltan has seen is going to be this flower. Excellent. And the flower, I feel, is very individual, very unique. Maybe it's a very rare, undiscovered piece of fauna. Flora. It's a yeah, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a what, Tom? It's a bell sprout. <gasps> so when it comes out of the water, it's a water-type bell sprout. Yes. A water grass bell sprout. A water grass bell sprout. Ooh, is that a Formian region bell sprout? It is absolutely so. a Formian region bell sprout. <laughs> and it's and it, it's got water in its cup. <laughs> and Beltan gets out a little cup and fills it with some water and puts the little <laughs> little water grass thing in there. And I think Meltan now has a goldfish flower. Uh, has a pet. <laughs> has a pet. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know what? I've never had a pet. So well done, Meltan. You've done something I've never done. Meltan. Yeah. Oh, God, but what's the Bellsprout's nickname? Oh, right, another scene <laughs> well, between Meltan and Bellsprout. The Bellsprout dives into an even deeper trench <laughs> and pulls out a pincushion. Now, Theo, I have a question, actually, Mm -hmm. about Theo. I look at Kenny and I look at Brandy. And Brandy was chasing Pokemon Champions. She was chasing wealth. She was trying to rebuild her town. She's done that. She's now trying to find a way to bring back her father. Kenny is trying to discover how to control this power and discover something about its origins. Theo is, is chasing the King's Rock. We know this. But what I want to know, why... Why is Theo chasing the King's Rock? What is it about Theo, other than their upbringing the church, that has made them go, this is what I want to spend my life doing? What is it that makes Theo go, I am desperate to find this? No, I think that's a, that's a very fair point, because everybody in the church cares about finding the King's Rock, but why did Theo's methods differ so wildly? That is a, a question we've not answered. So far, we've only talked about the King's Rock in terms of what it could do for Kenny, but we haven't talked about exactly. what that, what that yeah. journey was prior to Kenny and Theo being united. So, is this, is this something that Theo takes some time out on their own to reflect on? Maybe it's a Pokemon battle between... Kanan and Theo, or between Theo and Adri as a as a track, which we haven't done in this little this little arc. So maybe it's Adri versus Theo doing a bit of training. Okay, it's a little spar. Yeah, a little spar between Adri. and I Theo. love that Theo just refuses to train with Brandy and and Kenny. Like Theo <laughs> sees Brandy and Kenny on such a lower level of understanding of how Pokemon battling works. I, I tried. Theo- so. I tried to do it in the last episode, Tom, but. Uh... <laughs> Instead, Theo just sort of shouted at us for a whole scene. <laughs> I would have loved to have had a three-way battle, but it was qu- it was. I I feel like we immediately established a teacher dynamic. But I we did. I feel like, to, I feel like to Theo 
having Kenny and Brandy watch them battle is a bit like a teacher being seen by their students in the supermarket. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, <laughs> yeah, a bit like yeah, oh, I don't, I don't want them to know that I'm real. I don't want them to yeah. see my, my weakness. And it is a weakness, and we all know that. So I think <laughs> Theo... I think Theo said that they were going to go off and do something church-related, and it was just to go train with Adri, which Excellent. I think was a very difficult conversation for Theo to have with them. So where where are you training with Adri? I'm going to say that we are training at a formerly evacuated church town somewhere that we've never been to before. So there's oh, a town yes. that once was once that was quite devoted to the church. They it's since moved on. People have it's been gentrified. It's been cleared out. It's been completely empty. Soon as soon as the iPhone came out, they were like, "Nah, <laughs> actually, this is silly." <laughs> <laughs> poor iPhone, or maybe sorry. maybe everybody from this town has been moved into the conclave as part of defensive measures, and the town has been emptied out. There's nobody there anymore. Um, oh, so it but... was a church bastion, and now it's been evacuated. Yeah, just like a sort of like Salisbury or like Canterbury, like religious, but like fairly average like not a culty town just fairly closely tied to faith okay so maybe somewhere south of neubatten nice. uh, near near some of the mountains there there was almost like a lookout post for the church mm. for those approaching the conclave proper that was where they kept a few of the acolytes and lower ranked eyes and they would they they did a little bit of conclave stuff a little bit of hoarding it was it was a stop off on the way to the conclave for those who needed supplies and stuff. But that has been, as you say, evacuated in this month and everyone's been brought behind the central conclave walls. So these wooden structures sticking out, jutting out of the rocks, it's quite aggressive terrain, quite difficult, the kind of place that a go-goat even would struggle to stand. So it's testing for Theo and Adri. Okay, so we'll cut in almost on the side of a rock face where Adri and Theo are having a sparring match. Theo, who do you have out? I'm going to say, I guess, let's start with Meditite. I feel like Meditite hasn't had a battle in a while, so I'm going to start with Meditite. Okay, Tom, does Adri have Manectric or a different Pokemon? Adri, Adri pretended that they were going to use Manectric, but then thought, uh, I can't use a Stage 2 against a Stage 1. That just wouldn't be fair. And um, so, you know, I would prefer Manectric at this point. But I'm going to say, go, Medicham. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. So Brutal. completely, completely contradicting their own advice. They've gone out and specifically <laughs> caught a Medicham. Okay, Adri has sent out a Medicham. Theo, is this a fair fight? Is your Meditite ever going to evolve? Well, you may remember, Adri, that we've talked about this before, but just because you happen to catch a Medicham that was already evolved doesn't mean it's at the same level as my Meditite that has been training for ages as a Meditite. Just because you caught some Medicham that was eating bugs in a forest doesn't mean that it's on the same level as my incredibly skilled Meditite. Excuse me, it was eating an Aspear berry. You know that, I, t- I tell you the story regularly. Oh, and I have ignored it regularly. So. Medicham. Medicham is picking its nose. Got a bit of a gormless expression on its face. Medicham. Medicham. Medicham, use force palm. Adri is going to use force palm. Theo, how do you react? Medicham is big. Medicham is bulky. Medicham is stupid. So Theo is going to use the speed and agility of Meditite and uh, say, Meditite, hide in one of the upper reaches of the sheer rock face. Great roll. Create an advantage for Meditite. Plus Meditite speed. Right. 2d6 plus 1. <laughs> Ah, oh. three plus five plus one equals a nine, so a mixed success. Okay. I, I think I'll take minus one this round. That seems to be canonically the most logical one. 
Uh, take what minus one next round. Yes, yeah, minus one that next the, time you take damage. Yeah, that seems like the most logical one for an evasive maneuver. So great. Okay, so Meditite dodges this force palm, which connects with the rock, and small shards of rock face collapse down the sheer jagged face of this rocky path. Adri grits their teeth. Ah, oh, always dodging, dodging the question, dodging my moves. Theo, why were you always so evasive in the church? Why could I never get a straight answer out of you? Adri, I would give a straight answer if I thought you were worthy of a straight answer, and still, even after all of these weeks, your research comes up short. I don't buy it, Theo. Deflecting. Using your wits to get out of a question. What do you want? Medicham, hit him with a focus blast. Ooh. Yikes. Ooh. Wow. Ooh, wow. It's, it's <laughs> verbal and it's physical. Medicham is going to destroy the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think in keeping with the theme of the scene, uh, Theo knows that Meditite is too frail to be able to take a blast this strong, and so Theo says, Meditite, leap even higher. Okay, roll create an advantage again. Two plus five plus a one for an eight, which is a mixed success. So, again, you get to, well, you don't take any damage. I'm going to take another minus one, because I think Theo knows defense is really the only thing that Meditite needs at this stage in the game. So another minus one to damage next turn. Okay. David, if, uh, if if Medicham is like attacking the rock face, could Meditite be bringing up little sort of rocky shards around it, almost like a shield? Ooh, nice. Yeah, creating sort of That's carapace really cool. of rock. So Medicham is leaping out into the air and firing these blasts at the rock faces. And as we said, these shards of rock are flying. Dust is clouding, but Meditite is grabbing these small shards and using them to protect themselves, finding little crannies that have been created by the moves, dodging, weaving, hiding in the dust clouds. It's almost like Medicham can't keep track of where Meditite is. It's a dazzling display of speed and agility. Adri again pounds the rock next to them. I just don't understand you. That was the thing that always frustrated me the most, Theo. Everyone else... They had their books that they studied. They had their topics that they focused on. They had their desires. But you, you were an enigma. If I'm being honest, that's when I started to grow apart from you, Thea. You have these goals, but nobody knows why you're chasing them. What will it take to get you to open up? You keep saying that I'm the person deflecting, but the reason I'm deflecting is because nobody offers me a safe haven for anything I have to say. You want to know why I did 330 different dissertations? Because you took the only one I cared about. The King's Rock? Yes, of course, the King's Rock. Why, Theo? Why the King's Rock? Medicham, you Zen headbutt. Theo, Theo would normally just keep defending and defending and defending, but the anger is building up, the anger that makes Theo punch things normally. And so Theo turns to Adri and goes, the only reason I care about the King's Rock is because if I find it, I get to be the special one. Meditite, control the pieces of rock with confusion and aim them at Medicham. Okay, roll kicks and frostless. Okay. Plus special. 2d6 plus 1. Roll. Ah! Oh, Hello! Beautiful. So I got 4 plus 6 plus 1 for an 11. That is a perfect hit. You will take no damage in return. Please roll a d4 to determine your full damage. Baby, come on, d4. Ah! Everything's coming up, Theo! David Roll Once again, the old controlling the rock scheme. (laughs) So, working that out, Medicham is a stage two to your stage one, so that's a minus one to start with, but you are a stage one, so that's plus one back to zero. It's not super effective using the confusion. It's neutral effective, isn't it? Because it's psychic fighting type. So, plus zero, so that's four damage to the Medicham. 
Theo, you see Meditite ready this confusion. It has already gathered the rocks from the various cliff-faced destroyals and used them as a carapace shield to protect from attacks, but it turns out it never even needed them. It wasn't even going to take a blow. This carapace wasn't for defence, it was for offence. And as Medicham is searching through the crannies, looking, Medicham, Medicham, for someone to zen headbutt, out of a small crevice pops Meditite, floating in the air. The rocks take on a purple-pinky glow and fire one by one at Medicham. The rocks connect, pin the hand of Medicham, ping the leg of Medicham, ping the body. Medicham is forced against the cliff face and is facing the elements just stuck there to the cliff face. Meditite hovering in front of them, a forced palm held in front of their face. The fight all but over. Adri relents. Call him off. Theo knows that they will call it off, but takes another step towards Adri and looks them dead in the eye. When I came to the church, I thought that just being smart was going to be the basis for people succeeding. And then I realised that no matter how many times I put my hands up, if I wasn't as liked as you are or other people were, it was never going to matter. And that infuriates me. I realise that it's not about skill. It's about something else that I'd never had, that my family never taught me how to have, and I never will have. Everyone thinks I'm capable, but it's just not enough. If I can find the King's Rock, finally, I can prove to people that I'm worth something. Why can't you understand that? Why couldn't you see it? I tried to make it clear to you over and over. I think, Theo, me telling you anything won't matter. The only person who's going to tell you that you're worth something is you, Theo. And no rock is going to change that. Theo turns back to the fight and realises that they could win it in a second, that they could ask Meditite to make any move whatsoever. They could bide for another five turns and Meditite's got this. But realises that even this victory isn't going to feel right, that Theo needs to go away and do some work on themselves. And so Theo gives a nod to Meditite, who's looking patiently at them. And Meditite drops the move, and both of them fall to the ground. Theo, both Meditite and Adri's Medicham fall from the rock face above you. It's difficult to see, and both you and Adri duck slightly as the rocks cascade down and shatter against the cliff face floor. As you return your gaze to where you saw Meditite descend, in a pink-purplish psychic haze, Meditite's form has changed. No longer is a Medicham standing next to a Meditite, but two Medicham are standing there, one ablaze in white, post-evolution light, standing taller, firmer, sharper than the Medicham next to it. This Meditite you recognise as your own Meditite. Evolved into a fully accomplished Medicham. Medicham. Theo is agog for a second and then heads over to Medicham and uh, offers Medicham a hand to shake. Medicham takes your hand, the outstretched hand, doesn't shake it, holds it, and you can feel this hum, this pulse of energy from your partner Pokemon. There's nothing said between you, but Adri, dusting themselves off and helping their own Medicham to the feet, looks over to you, Theo, and says... I think maybe evolution is something that can happen to character as well as Pokemon, Theo. From the top of the cliff, you see a figure approach. Hey, folks, come back to the ship. Kenny's going to try and fly it upside down. 
crazy, right? Tom. Stop <laughs> horsing around down there. Tom. I'll be finished in a second, Ali. You know that I struggle with connection issues. <laughs> As does Theo, symbolically. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Kenny. Stuart. You had a lovely scene with Tyronius Chanda last time learning about Tyrannus' poker power past and swearing to him that you would make a commitment to helping others with poker powers. Where do we find you this episode? We find Kenny in a scene with Fedora the Honchcrow. I think it's it's always been in the back of Kenny's mind that this brainwashed Honchcrow would hate Kenny if they were to really discover their true poker powers. So I think one day, let's say about midway through, we've sort of established a lot of what Kenny's Pokemon have been doing on this ship. And it's been it's been lovely and quaint. But I think Kenny goes up to Brandy one day and says, um, um Brandy, I was wondering... Oh my wondering... God, Kenny, I'm in the bathroom, please. What? Meltan, 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 everyone just walks in here every time. Can you just, one second, one second. Brandy finishes sorry, the sorry. bathroom and comes back out. Hi, Kenny, sorry, I'm now ready to, to take a question. Look... Brandy, I was wondering, well, basically, I was in the ship's garden, which obviously I tend to every day because I'm a botanist. And as I was in the garden, I got pricked by a thorn and somewhat instinctively closed it up. I don't really know how, but it was just a little cut. And all my Pokemon were fluttering around and I looked up and I saw Fedora looking at me in a rather menacing way. And I wondered if maybe me and Fedora... And, you know, if you want to come, that's fine. But I wondered if we could maybe have a therapy session with your Bunnelby. Uh, I d- Kenny, Dr. Bunnelby is really booked up at the moment. You know, this. look, Theo is in I there know. every single day. <laughs> I know. Why, why and, you know, Bunnelby, 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 Bunnelby. But I've seen I've seen the progression in Theo. I mean, the other day, Theo came back and Metatoid looked totally different. So I imagine it's making a lot of differences to Theo as well. This whole journey they're going on. But I, I really think it would be good for me and Fedora to, to just work out what's what's going on. Why they have these these thoughts. What happened to them in the past that makes them hate poker powers? Do you think you could maybe squeeze us in? I know you're Bunnelby's PA. Uh, yes, your coffee is coming, Bunnelby, Dr. Bunnelby. Bunnelby. Worst thing that you really happened. need to do something about that caffeine addiction, though. My God. I know. Like, I know, I know rabbit's feet are meant to kind of bash against the floor, but I mean, this one takes it to a new level. We had to put new wood in. The ship is falling apart. <laughs> we had to make it a double height ceiling, I know. Kenny, bouncing up. Kenny, I made the order for the extra wood. Is there anything uh, else you'd like me to order? Thank you very much. Um, no, you're okay, Calico. Go and make yourself a cup of tea. How uh, come Calico's on a PA level? Like Cal- me, Calico's what? my PA. Yeah, I know. But you and Calico are the same. We've known this for months. <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> yes, fine. You can have you can have a therapy <laughs> session with Bunnelby. But I really, honestly, I think that feels very much like a you and Honchcrow thing. So I will, of course, be sitting in just in the corner, just you know, 
just to observe because <laughs> I take the minutes. I have to take the minutes. You know, you can't just. Have I'd expect n- I'd expect nothing less. But of course, you know Bunnelby's one rule, which is that you have to remain absolutely silent. Oh yeah, I know Bunnelby's one rule. Oh, by the way, I really like your Meltan's flower. Right, Doctor Bunnelby. Bunnelby, Bunnelby, David, do you think you could dub in Doctor Bunnelby beneath the uh, the Bunnelby lines? I would absolutely love to add my psychotherapy analysis of Kenny into this scene. We'll do it like we did last time. So I'll do Bonnaby and then you do Bonnaby's line afterwards. Look, Dr. Bonnaby, you've been amazing for me, but I'm actually here for another, uh, something else, someone else's help today. And Kenny releases Fedora, the Honchcrow. Bonnaby. I've been waiting for the day that this would finally come. <laughs> yes. And thanks to the, the magic of this room, I'm able to completely interpret exactly what you say. It's the new wood. It's <laughs> special magic wood. wood. Magic wood. <laughs> <laughs> From the bundle tree. <laughs> Look, Fedora, you must know by now about me, right? About what, what's going on with me? Hans Crow. Does it mean yes, Dr. Bunnaby? It definitely does mean yes, and uh, I can say that Honchcrow has known for quite some time. Honchcrow, why do you hate poker powers? Honchcrow, 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 Honchcrow. Tom, you've never been so uh, so erudite. <laughs> well, I was waiting for David to translate. Well, oh, am I no, doing sorry, all Pokemon sorry, translations? Sorry. Bunnelby to translate and then David to translate Bunnelby. I see. <laughs> oh God. I think we can I think I think the audience get it by now. Layers, think... layers, layers. No, no, no. No. We've got to keep keep That's the fair. fiction alive. <clears throat> Honchcrow would like to point out that it's not Honchcrow's rules, it's Honchcrow's trainer's rules, and Honchcrow is obliged to follow the contract that they have with their trainer. Honchcrow takes out a small parchment called the trainer rules. Ah, Bunnable. Oh, that old chestnut. <laughs> oh, you have a book? Honchcrow, Honchcrow. Yes, I do. Oh, Thank you, Stu. I am I am translating Honchcrow. Look, Fedora, those might have been the rules of your trainer once upon a time, but I'm your trainer now, right? Honchcrow? Are you? If I'm not, then why do you listen to me? Bunnelby, Bunnelby, Bunnelby. I think the real question is... Kenny, why have you not released this honchcrow if it threatens you? Because, I'm sorry, but I I can't do that. I can't just give up on someone that has hate in their heart. That's that's not what I'm about. Honchcrow, honchcrow. It's not hate, Kenny. It's fear. You're terrifying. Honchcrow, honchcrow. <laughs> you, you scare me. All poker powers scare me. So what have I specifically done that scared you? Uh, Honchcrow. Honchcrow? Because I... Well, I haven't seen anything, but I know the potential. Bunnelby, Bunnelby, Bunnelby. I think we're making good progress here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that input, Bunnelby. (laughs) Look, Honchcrow, have we not, in the last few weeks, had some really fun times together? We played fetch. I, I was throwing things off the ship, and you were catching it and bringing it back to me. You know, you've 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 become involved in in bow toys and hoops is musical. And I have to say, in rehearsals, you've been absolutely nailing the part of Honchcrow. Honchcrow, Honchcrow, Honchcrow. Well, I, I somehow said that I have 
a rich tumbra to my baritone. And ultimately, Fedora, every time I say your name, it reminds me of someone very, very special to me. And I'm okay with that because I think you're very special to me. You don't have to be scared of me. I would never, ever hurt you. Barnaby, Barnaby, Barnaby. It is true that all hate is born out of fear. And Kenny, maybe your power is to teach people how to love instead. I really well, didn't get that from it, but I, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm shutting up. Barnaby, 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 Barnaby. Look, if I've got to teach you how to love, then there's only one place I can start. Fedora, I love you. Thank God, I thought you were going to take him to the sexy room. So did I! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing oh, Kenny, not Theo. <laughs> I'm, wait- I'm waiting for a hunch. Well, should should Ali should there be a role? I don't, I don't, yeah, maybe there should be a role. I don't know. I don't I really know how to react as Honchcrow. Yeah, let's really find out. If we, in this. Now, if we're unsure, <laughs> that's what the dice are for. David, David, who's nailed the rolling so far in this episode. <laughs> so right. roll plus charm, please, Kenny. Okay, Kenny is a uh, plus two in charm these days. Doing this on my phone, so forgive me if this goes wrong. I shall do that. What's happened there? Oh, yeah, that's come up. So that's and then 5 add, plus 4 add, plus 2. That's an 11, Ali. Yeah, baby! Ali, oh, that's great. That's rolling. Would you like to describe Fedora the Honchcrow's reaction to Kenny saying, I love you? All of a sudden, Honchcrow is, is four years old again. A little Murkrow. Opening up, Opening up their arms to their, their dear mother and saying, Mummy. Mummy, I love you. And that haunch crow being like, no, in this world, you need to be tough. None of this namby-pamby, lovey, lovey-dovey stuff, okay? You were a murkrow, you will be a haunch crow one day. You need to be tough. I want people to fear you. You're not worthy of love, you're worthy of fear. And then flash forward. <laughs> to a time where they see uh, their old trainer Ruin for the first time, where Ruin mm. catches them and unleashes them in their gym. And Ruin uh, speaks to them and says, um, Look, Murkrow, in this gym, we pounce on people's fear. I think you are going to be particularly good at that. I want you to be able to know when people are scared and to take advantage of it. <laughs> not very brummy, but <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> it's very Australian, isn't she? So much of it was so good. And then it became South African. But so much of it was spectacular. It tailed off dramatically. For, for an improvised <laughs> anyway, we'll accent, fast we forward. really have to stand that. We really have to stand. <laughs> poker powers, poker we'll... powers are bad. You shouldn't... You, shouldn't, poker you, powers ha- you should hate them. Hate those poker yeah, powers. Let's, let's superimpose that towards the end of whatever I said. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> and uh, fast forward again to this this very scene. Where Honchkrow, for the first time in their life, hears someone say, in a very accurate, very good Irish accent, I love you. And a single tear rolls down their face. <gasps> as Kenny, Kenny grabs Fedora the Honchkrow in a huge embrace. Bonnerble, bonnerble, bonnerble. My God, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Medicham, we're all in 10 seconds and I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Someone right. give me Calm. something. Calm. Just breathe. Breathe. Breathe with me. I can't breathe. I'm okay. about to do the exercises. The... I taught you the exercises. What were I... they? Remember them. Uh, I, uh, I got you banana. You asked for banana. 
No, I don't want a banana. I said, I said, oh. I want a tropius. A tropius. You give me a banana. Peach. Where did you get this? Peach. Oh, you said tropius. I thought you said a large coffee. I don't know how I misheard that one as well. <laughs> you Tom, Tom. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You know what? I'm just going to read the well, midsection. I'm just going to read the midsection. And, and we're we're terrible we'll idea. give you a little push, little push behind the curtain, Tom. Off you go. Hey, and uh, through the curtain you go. And welcome to the midsection, everyone. This one is from Alchemage. Here we go. You can tell Alchemage is an old pro here because they've not even bothered to say hello. How are you doing? They've just gone straight in with name, colon, Artemis Irons. Pro. Sorry, pronouns, colon. Pro. He, him. Life. Pro, life. <laughs> wow, that's a big character. That's a big character trait for Artemis Irons straight off the game. I'm sure the Pokemon League have some opinions on that. I'm sure they've got their sticky little fingers involved <laughs> in feminism and formia as well. Type, colon, steel. Physical description. Six feet tall, long white hair, very pointed features, lanky and well-muscled. Mons, colon, Lucario. Empoleon, Metagross, and a Steel Ghost type Golurk, or lower Ooh. levels, depending, you know, what level we meet um, Artemis Irons at, but along the same lines. Artemis is a blacksmith, an artist by trade, but is also a skilled Pokemon trainer, as well as using Pokemon to help with his smithing and art projects. He's a man of few words, but great kindness. And that is Alchemage, is trainer. Now, see, that's nice. That's succinct. That's, yep. we could slot in a smith. Slot and a smith anywhere, right? Oh, That's totally. true. How many colons Ooh. did Artemis have, Tom? I think a... one, two, three, four, oh, five. Poor man. Five. Five colons. Five colons for Artemis. Okay. How does it? How does he deal with that? Do we think? <laughs> oh, no. Veto. Every that. single part of his character is not being shed for a grammar joke. If we're talking about a uh, a steel trainer by this particular person, can we call it a Full Metal Alchemage? Oh, I love it. I've had better, but um, I... <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, they say that we can cut the team down based on having a Metagross, an Empoleon, and a Golurk. I mean, that just sounds like the second gym leader. That, that's that feels... that's <laughs> next. That's that next up on the true. list. <laughs> you can see Bee face off against the Mega Metagross. That'll be a fun time. <laughs> Here is what I'm thinking. What organisation needs a blacksmith in Formia? Bear in mind, Formia, we have phones... And things like that. But we've also referenced the fact that we have swords and shields. You know, so does Galar, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And <laughs> and so I'm wondering, where does a blacksmith fit in? Sorry, I came to that really slow. <laughs> there was no delay on that, Ali. That was just my brain. <laughs> uh, where does a blacksmith fit in? The church are an archaic uh, group. They love old technology, such as giving Pokemon in boxes, famously blacksmith territory. But in the interest of maybe adding a new location to the map of Formia, what if there was a town that is a little bit Amish? It's, they yeah. reject technology. It's like an anti-technology place. And they're all, they're all about smithing and... Cobbling. Cobbling. Yep, love cobbling. Coopering. Leather leather tanning. Love that. Coopering. <laughs> what what is coopering? Coopering the the, the, the making of barrels. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Just sensational work. <laughs> that is that is impressive knowledge of of an archaic skill that is definitely not archaic. Tom, what's what's the uh, what's the origin of your knowledge about coopering? I'm I'm just gonna take a little detour to discover this now. It's very boring, actually. Why? Oh, no, I don't doubt it, but I do want to know. 
I I was a Cooper in a previous life. Yeah, Stu, you you owe me twenty quid, Stu. I told you. It's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay. Uh, maybe we could still have this Amish town, but it is still supplying the church as yeah. As I think I think the church. I think that's how they make money as they supply the church. You know, that's their one connection to the outside world. I think, so that's why the church aesthetic is so archaic. It's why they still have all these camels and stuff because they've been supplied by this weird desert. Did we say desert town? I like that. Yeah, desert town. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like what? Desert town. What do we call this desert town? Deserton. Oh God, <laughs> that is that's scraping. That's scraping Moving the barrel on. that you just coopered, mate. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> New idea: Sand Town. Sandville. <laughs> well, okay. Here's a question. Here's a question. Maybe Artemis Irons was involved in the founding and therefore naming of the town, so that might give us more of an idea of why it's called mm. what it is. Sahartemis. Sahartemis is not bad. It's better than what we've got so far. We've got. Okay, so why <laughs> why did why did Artemis Irons start this backwards technology hating community? Sahartemis. Well, I think I think that I think there's a deeper history to the town here because we know that Artemis uh, has long white hair, not much of a speaker, and I think perhaps this is a more pure incarnation of the church. Perhaps this is a kind of people who completely reject knowledge. So the church currently gather knowledge in order to protect it from the masses. But Artemis Irons thought that even still, knowing that is too much. So it's kind of a crazy, almost the reverse of Theo here, where knowledge is exactly what Artemis does not want. So, so Artemis has set up Sahartemis in order to close himself and like-minded followers from knowledge completely of the outside. A rejection of knowledge, but an embracing of skills? Exactly, yeah. and worshiping worshiping slow king in a more traditional way. Oh, here's the thing: maybe they maybe they worship slacking, you know, allowing your body to create and sleep. I don't, <laughs> I don't oh, okay, know. maybe not slacking. What about um? Oh, uh, is is it Politoed, the other Pokemon that evolves with the King's Rock? Ooh, I yeah, Politoed. I'm into that because I think slacking is so ironic that they're in the desert but you know here we are well maybe that's <laughs> well, why they could be in a little oasis yeah because like Politoed has oasis. drizzle so if they need some yeah. rain they just pray to Politoed in the desert it makes perfect sense it does <laughs> exactly. it does because slacking is like the reverse of what the church believing I think that's not what they want to be but Politoed's a nice it's a simpler version not about knowledge it's more I can see Politoed being a more basic Pokemon in that sense so Artemis Irons is Part founder, part... I, I don't want to say he's the leader of a cult, but... He's the leader of a cult. But he's the leader of a cult, I guess. But it does seem like they have a very simplistic living by their means. Well, I think maybe his his steel Pokemon have, have has helped build up this sort of... Mm. In an area of which should not really... It's a bit almost Las Vegasy, but obviously in a much smaller scale mm. in that it's completely man-made in the desert. So maybe you visit it and everybody goes to Sahartavus and they're like, oh, what a fun Iron Bridge, Victorian, immersive world they all live in. But actually, secretly, it is like a deeply religious Catholic belief in the idea of time being the greatest enemy of all time and a commitment to skills. But you only really see it when you see sort of one of the many steel trainers in there going off from the bookshop and crying in a corner. <laughs> I love that. In order to tie in Artemis's artwork with his steel creations his blacksmithed creations maybe he stands them out in the desert so they look like weird cacti from afar but actually it's this steel installation it's a bit creepy and i think adds into david's idea of it being a weird retreat sort of like steel scarecrows yes exactly Um, cool and there we go that's 
Artemis Irons. I can't believe we all managed to pull that together when I had no script at the beginning of this. And and thank you for tuning in. Uh, you did very well. You did forget to say that little bit of, right at the end and ask the audience that if they have a character that they wished to submit to your next speech, that they should email us at criticalditto at gmail.com or tweet us on at criticalditto. Yeah, and next... for my next event, I shall swallow this banana whole. Ba-da-bum-ba-da-bum. Medicham, Medicham. It's Medicham. Who is still on the ship? Who is still manning the flash mullet come the end of this 30-day period? And where? This is the important question, which I'd love to, to solve with this scene. Don't think we have to know at the start, but where are the Sofloatzels going to head? I guess we've established that everybody except, except for Elisa and Melissa have stayed on board, effectively. We've still got Calico, yeah. we've still got Tyronius, we've still got Adri... And they've all still got, they've still got Kanan. They've all got some purpose to serve in some way. I mean, shape or form. we can be here, but just very quiet, like the Brandywood. <laughs> like the Brandywood. <laughs> <laughs> just sit on the side. Well, we've established that Calico is Kenny's PA, so maybe Calico's taking the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I now call this meeting of the Flash Mullet to. <sighs> Kenny, oh, you're struggling. not a very good PA, are I'm you, Calico? Really struggling you'd, here. you'd think after a month you'd be better, but well, you know what? In my defence, I was a pirate. It's fine. Not a this is all pusher. Calico. This is all part of your redemption arc. Okay, it's going to be worth it in the end. I am getting paid, though. Correct. That's yeah, it's, yes, you're getting paid. You ask this points. every every meeting. Five per diem points coming your way at the end of the year. <laughs> I know, but they just—they have a meal deal on right now in Pyrenile. You can get two hamburgers for three per diems. It's, it's, it's we stop in Pyrenile once every two weeks, basically. We've only been once in the whole month. I bought sixteen hamburgers. <laughs> yes, they smell terrible. They've been off for a good week. Why did you not get the Pyrenal cheese toasties? That's what's good there. Oh. Hey, oh, Calico right. is bulking and Calico needs his protein. That's true. Have you not I seen those delts? I am now huge. Forgot I'm a monster guy. of a man now. <laughs> okay, okay, Calico, here, let me take, let me, you just sit down and keep doing press-ups. I'll, okay. I'll take the minutes. Okay, number one <clears throat> on the agenda. <clears throat> yep, that's lovely folio <clears throat> there. Um, <laughs> number one on the agenda. And you know what? I don't really need to, to read this to know this. Gang, what are we doing next? I know what I want to do, but this is we're a team, so... Well, Kenny, you are the captain. Why don't you tell us what you want to do first? I think it's worth following up what you heard on that radio. We have similar motives here. I mean, Brandy, with everything that happened to your father... I'm sure you want to know more about poker powers, you know, whether they can be controlled, whether they can be reversed. That's exactly what I want to find. And we believe that the answers lie in the King's Rock, which is what Theo wants to do. And Theo, you have knowledge on that, or at least where it might be. Unless, of course, it's a trap, but, you know, we don't have much else to go on. Listen, Kenny, I've got to be honest. I find it very weird that the church haven't come after us, considering that Mrs. W knows exactly where we are. 
But what we do know is that the church is planning on doing something. And whether it's a trap or not, if we go into that trap prepared, at least we get to find out if we can rely on them anymore. This is the only line of thought we currently have, is that potentially they have moved the third tome to the core. If we don't have the third tome, we can't find the king's rock. We and the church are in line for the exact same thing. Our sort of my enemy's enemy is my friend type thing. Kenny, this line of thought is ridiculous. If you listen to Theo, you're walking straight into a trap. We need more time, Kenny. We need to assess our options. This is me, Adri Fomonsk. Oh, I was just going to ask. I had no idea which one you were. Why are you Sorry, behind... I'm standing. I'm standing behind sitting... the tarpaulin. Let me just let me just reveal myself. Adri, come in. Oh, you always you stop listening. First the memos, then the skulking in the I shadows. Thought, I thought I could get away with just listening, but as soon as I heard Theo speak at spewing stupid ideas, I had to I had to speak up. Adri, I hate to I'm say sorry. this, you are a legitimate member of the team, so you actually don't need to skulk around anymore. As much as we enjoyed your secret following us all around during the last well, did we enjoyed where we. Well, okay, I'm just try- I'm just trying to be nicer, okay? That's a journey I'm on. Can we I'm a special that? I'm a special defender, lest we forget. Well, Adri, you've got a but, chair in the room. There is a I chair mean, so with is... literally your name on it. You I can know... come in and, ha- and join the meeting. Yes, but Theo's is more comfy. I want Theo's. It's the same chair. That's not how it works. Wait, I... Theo, why is your chair more comfortable than all of ours? Did you put a cushion? Did you stitch a cushion into your chair? I, I, I would never do that. I stitched it into my robes. Why not have a nice little wagon? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also here outside the door. I, I feel it's remiss of me, Canaan, to uh, to listen in anymore and not announce my presence too. Could you come just in. come yep. into the room, Canaan? You haven't betrayed us in like a month. Come on in. Come on in. Unminimize yourself, Canaan. Unminimize. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's just a little hard to walk now that my my stick got thrown off the ship during a fetch game with Fedora the Hunchcrow and Kenny. Will you stop throwing my belongings off the ship, Kenny? Too late. <laughs> All right, I'm shambling in. Slowpoke, slowpoke, give me, give me your tail. I need to use your tail. No. Thank you, thank you. All right. Is there, is there anyone else on the ship? Anyone? Theronius! Ah, Theronius! that's right. It's also me. I was driving, but I've left it on autopilot now. <laughs> just left the oh. claw. <laughs> <laughs> My detachable claw has come off, so I thought I'd just leave it in the wheel. Is that all right, Kenny? Captain That's fine. Captain. I don't think it's particularly good for you, but it's fine for the driving the, oh, the no, ship. Oh no, I'm in immense amounts of pain. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're in so much pain, then why don't we get back to the matter at hand? So, we were just discussing the King's Rock and that broadcast that Theo heard. Brandy, Theo, assorted members of the Flash Mullet. Any more thoughts? Well, if I can add one thing, and I can't really believe I'm saying this. I think that we only have one lead when it comes to the church and the tome, which is the core. And we all need to find that tome. But at the same time, as I said, the church aren't after us. If the church are trying to do anything, it's something to do with wherever the final tome is. Whenever we want to face the church, that's just all we have to do. We have to go after that tome. But we're talking about some major health issues that have a time limit. You've said that yourself. Whatever might happen to Tyronius, what might happen to you, what might happen to Andros, what might happen to others... Is it maybe more prudent for you, for your own health, to think about maybe going after Helsing or Mystic first? I'm fine with any plan. I just, I don't want to forget about the fact that we're on something of a ticking time bomb here. Brandy? I've tried to call Cassius Flash, my uncle, multiple times on this trip. I've tried to track him down and I've just come up with nothing. The closest I got was a note he left me just saying, leave it alone. I'm dealing with it. But I just don't think he is dealing with it. I just need to find out as much as I can about poker powers or 
you know, about a way to reverse them, if that's even a thing. And 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 all we've got at the moment is that either the third tome is a way to do that, or maybe this Team Mystic will know more. So either we walk into this trap, but prepared at least, or we just try and ask around and see if we can get any information on the on Team Mystic and where they're at. Are we talking about the cars in the super prison? At the east of Formia, the giant pit, where they put the worst of the worst of Formia's criminals. Yes, Taronius, it's on the whiteboard. All right, You can see it written on the whiteboard, the core, the super prison, and the east end of Formia that's built into the ground. I'm in immense pain. There's tears in my eyes. It's very difficult to see out right now. But Taronius does raise a point, having successfully read something off the whiteboard. Thank you, Kenny. The the core, I know we we can say, ah, we'll be prepared, but... What? How can we prepare? We don't know what's in there unless one of you has experience or knows someone that has experience of it or knows where we could find someone that has experience of the core. Well, Kenny, Theo, forgive me, but Theo and I, we've been working on a certain ability. Is it all right if I share this? Yes, of course. We've been trying to hack into the slowpoke receivers of the church and Theo has successfully achieved it once, for a very brief time period. That's where we first heard about the core. But I think Theo can do more. I think Theo could do better. Maybe we could try right here, right now, to learn more about what we might be going into. Absolutely. Great. Well done. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's really, that sounds really useful. I mean, I could well, do some of that training myself, Theo, but... um. Well, you were over playing fetch with Pokemon that were trying to kill you. Some of us were busy focusing on some important things. Hey, hey, I was focusing on nicknaming one of my Pokemon, all right? Oh, <laughs> I stand corrected. Some other people had some important plot development to Thank do. Thank you. Okay, right. go. Receive. Do what okay. you need to do. All right, uh, so Kanan puts the Slowpoke in the middle of the table and asks Theo to perform the Sacred Rites, which, Theo, I think you do vocally, don't you? There's, There's a... Let's hope yes, so on this a, podcast a that a people listen throat, to. It's a bit of throat singing from what I remember. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. throat singing. Yeah, yes, luckily. So. Yeah. Luckily, my years of training with the Mongolian National Opera will be incredibly <laughs> helpful in this particular situation. <laughs> we did also, in the last episode, we established it might be a poker power, but we didn't establish what move it might be, which we have might be worth establishing at this point. Let's do it well. right now. So I'd proposed either mind reader or psychic, depending on which is more fun for us to have. Well, uh, because yours are have ties to certain elements and pustules and powders maybe if we work out how physically you're achieving this that might tell us more about what move it kind of reflects quite well i suppose if we're doing something sonic but with powders maybe what i do is drink a vial of something and gargle it and it produces do you think a do you think do you think what if slowpoke was to use water gun on say a flask yeah so theo gets out a vial <laughs> A vile vile, and uh, and says to everybody, um, so I think I figured out how to activate this power, and I don't think any of you are going to like what you're about to see. Um, and uh, Theo uncocks the vial. Oh, God! Holds it at a oh, I don't like it! From Slowpoke. Kenny, it's not started yet. And, uh, oh, sorry. Holds it from Slowpoke and goes, Slowpoke, use water gun. Do you, um, do you pump the Slowpoke's tail like a whale? Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So okay. Theo grabs the Slowpoke's tail with their broad shoulders, starts pumping it away. Brandy, Theo was Theo was right. I really don't like it. Oh, this is awful, isn't it? I like it's awful. It's one of those where you don't want to watch, but you can't look away. 
Yeah, I also want to know if this was the first thing Theo tried or the last thing. I don't know why they're both looking me directly in the eye. Yeah, I don't know why they're both staring at you, Kenny. That seems like an odd, <laughs> odd thing this power has to work. Right, vials full. None of us have to talk about it ever again. Uh, I did a couple just so we never have to reenact that scene ever in the future. So, um... Thank God. Thank God. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to need some Dr. Barnaby sessions. Okay, and now is time for the grand gargle. Way to make it sound even worse. I'll, I'll attempt to do it with the dregs of this tea that oh I've my god. Oh my god. The full visceral oh, experience. David. Is this what that is a real commitment. This is commitment. Okay, let's see what's happening here. <laughs> Theo is throat singing. Okay, and, well, Theo, uh, I think you need to roll plus weird. Plus very, oh, very weird. Theo rolls plus sharp. Uh, 2d6 plus 2. In terms of how it looks, Theo, is it like a gargle that, like when you're kind of tuning a radio, like that kind of, and then a voice comes through, or is it like you hear it and then you tell us what? I what like kind Theo of... being a speaker. I quite <laughs> like I mean... Theo yeah. being a speaker. I have the ability to mind read anybody, but I have to be entirely immobile and produce the noise <laughs> like a speaker every time I do it. <laughs> so There's the drawback. So I think it is mind reader then. Okay, two d six plus two. <laughs> Oh, an eight, so a mixed success. Uh, the mixed success being I embarrass myself massively. That's fair. By doing I this think you've already, you've already. You have Adri. Adri gets to see this, is the mixed success. So, Theo, you gargle this freshly pumped slowpoke water. It's hugely embarrassing, but you manage to activate the mind reader move that allows you to tune in to that church radio frequency. You lock onto two church acolytes who are part of a prisoner caravan on their way to the core in the hope of discovering some more information about the core prison, possibly a way to break in, what the church is doing there. Let's find out what Theo hears. Ainsley, Able Forth, come in, come in. This is Church Command. This is Church Hello, Command. Hello, this is uh, this is Able Forth. Ah, uh, Able Forth. Ainsley, with you? Yes. Yes. A- Ainsley's here. Remember to repeat the code word. Do you have the code word? Um. Yes. Y- yes, we do. Um. Oh, Ainsley, what was what what, what was the code word? Come on, the it code was word. Cocklefudgeon. 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 Well done. Remember cocklefudgeon. Oh. That's the code word you need, and oh yes, boy. it lets me know that you are official church members. Right, I've just been in- informed by the core church team that you have not yet arrived. Were you not meant to have arrived with your prisoner transport? Well, um, we had a, a, a slight, uh, <laughs> a slight hiccup, a hiccup um, yes. on the way, didn't 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 we, Ainsley? And um, waylaid, yes. We've had to kind of stop for the night. Stop yes. for the night. You're accompanying a prisoner transport. I know that the Corps like to make sure their prisoners come in straight away. I can't believe that they would stop for the night. What's happened? No, it's 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 okay. It's okay. Everything's safe. But but unfortunately, the the cart is is actually it's it's broken. It's broken. It's broken. It, we broke well, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we didn't break it. I didn't but it, break it. It broke when we were when we were on it. So um. April fourth. I, I, I can't hold anymore. It was me. I broke it. I broke the cart. I did. Church command. I broke the car. 
You broke the card. You don't have to admit to breaking the card, there was, okay? There was a rye horn. Please don't. I wanted don't... to pet it, and I beckoned it. Over. I was like, "You petted a rye horn. Come here, rye horn. I love rye horns." And it oh, ran at it, the car. I'm sorry. It topped the whole thing. It was. It was. It was actually a bit of a bloodbath. But look, just don't. But make sure that you listen to the guards that you're accompanying. Yes. Okay? Yes. Most learned. Yes. Most. I'm sorry. Most learned. We will most learned. Cockleforgen, of course. So, 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 yes. That's that's why we're not. Um, that's that's why we're not at the car yet. We've we've we hold up for the night. And uh, someone's coming out to repair it. But as soon as they do, as soon as they come, we'll be on our way. Okay? <laughs> we'll explain it. That's good. And you better make sure because church, church command, members... The, are... max, the max security prisoner is still under lock and key. The max security prisoner. That's good. I'm glad that they're under lock and key. That's important that you make sure that you make sure they do not become unlocked and wait, unkeyed. Wait, church command... What? I could not be more clear. Whatever you do is to not make sure that they are not unlocked (laughs) or unkeyed, Ainsley. It's that simple. I just wanna I just wanna check one more thing. We we can keep our Pokemon on us, right? If in case things go go a bit with this Of course you're allowed with the church, okay? okay? We can do what we like in this region, right? The core may be in charge at the core their team, but you have immunity over there. Diplomatic immunity. And so don't let those guards bully you, especially you, Ainsley. Make sure that whatever happens, that they do not happen upon not happening to bully you in any non-such-which way. Okay? There's no chance that I will never not, yes, maybe make that happen. Good. Oh my god, my slow king! Oh, that took forever! Oh, oh I thought that was going to be a thought that was going to be a quick in and out, but no, that was that was, uh, that was a much clearer connection than you got last time, wasn't it, Theo? You were, gar- you were goggling for so quick, long. Quick. We're covered in spit over here. Last time we got two of the points of the compass, and this time we got Muggins McGee and their best friends <laughs> having a conversation. Really? Oh. Sounded a bit like. But it's uh, good I was though just because to what you normally say, Theo. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Go right on a memo, mate. Go right on a memo. <laughs> right. I know I'm a little bit slow on the uptake and everything, but this is not on the whiteboard yet, and I just want to clarify. So there's church members going to the core. Do they normally go to the core? Is the church normally involved there? This seems odd. The church has always had a chaplaincy within the core, um, which is both uh, manned by a couple of uh, rotor swapped members of the church from the conclave, but it's also there if any members of the core prison decide to join the church as well. So it sounds as though we could intercept this cart. We could do it tonight, right now. On day 30 of this month. <laughs> exactly. How perfectly timed. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like I've wrapped up everything I wished to. The only thing we've got tonight is Bowtie and Salandit's musical that they've been preparing. After the show, I think we go and intercept this cart. I don't know about you guys, but I think it, it sounds as though we could par- possibly take the garbs of those church acolytes, infiltrate the prison that way. And if they still keep hold of their Pokemon, as they said that they do... Even if only a few of us can pretend to be church members, we can keep hold of everybody's Pokemon under our robes. And when we get in, we have a piece of equipment that nobody else in there will have. This is all assuming that the third tome is actually at the core, which it might not be at the core. (laughs) Yes, but if if it's a trap for us, then they're going to put someone important in that trap. I agree. This collection of church activity at the core can't mean nothing, whether it is formalities or not. The fact that they've got Abelforth and Ainsley accompanying a caravan of prisoners puts a certain thought into my head. Something's not right, and it'd be strange not to check it out. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's right, it's me. It's me, Tallahassee Bingeworth. I joined the crew in, on, on week two. It's Brandy's boyfriend. Ah, oh, that was me. I yeah. brought Tallahassee in. 
I thought yeah, I was part of the of... crew and therefore could recruit. I'm good at recruiting. I did a lot of that in the tree. And now, yeah, me and me and me and Tallahassee are sort of in a sort of you know open relationship at the moment. But um, yeah, we're just seeing how things go. I think it. I think it. Wait, what? The point that I, I thought chose... we were in an open relationship, Tallahassee. Well, that's the point. Well, isn't that the point of an open relationship? As I always say, I if you're in an open so. relationship with a bear, you should be in an open relationship with a bigger bear. What's a bear? <laughs> <laughs> Randy Thea Kenny on the bow of the flash mullet. The stars are out above them. Octi, the giant octillery, is floating you deftly through the rather clear, cloudless sky as a little chill starts nipping at you. Brandy, Theo and Kenny draw some blankets and covers over them to keep them nice and toasty with a little mug of hot cocoa spread among them and sit down. I tell you, Calico is getting better and better at making these. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that, but he is. Wouldn't dream of it. Guys, am I... Am I likable? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd say. Okay. I'd so say it's, it's just, I just you... had a moment earlier, uh, you know, when when Metatite evolved, and I, I just it's just been weighing on my mind. Didn't all that sort of thing bothered you, Theo? I know that I always come across as this incredible Pokemon trainer who's incredibly intelligent and just has everything together, but sometimes it's nice to hear it from an external source rather than just trying to convince yourself every day. I think sometimes, you know, there are other perspectives on everyone. You know what I mean? So, you know, to you, you're an incredible, intelligent Pokemon trainer. You know, and to others, you might sometimes come across as sort of a, a standoffish fraud, I think, mm. that sometimes those can mix. And I don't did know, that, maybe... to you, come across as a compliment? Um, but I'm seeing that as an insult. Or was that actually just an insult? No, I think what... it was I think it was just an insult, yeah, on that occasion. But that's only because we've got that kind of relationship now. Yeah, interesting. Because I have just asked for a compliment, so that's an interesting dynamic there, Brandy. But don't worry, yeah, but, I'm sure but, you'll but, sure you'll get Theo, your second gym how... badge in uh, five years, so you, can, you can have another hey, moment then. I'm doing more important things now, Theo. I've finally joined your plot line, okay? I'm finally on your <laughs> train track. We're all we're all going for the same thing. Theo, if you wanted to be a bit more likable, I can obviously give you some tips. People absolutely love me. Like, I get on with pretty much everyone I meet. So if you sure, ever need uh, a Kenny, tip... Kenny, you had something you wanted to add, I think, that wasn't going to make me scream into a pillow. So... I love you guys. It's really nice to be myself and not scared about being judged. And I love how you two are together, you know. This, whatever this is, it feels like family's a bit strong, maybe, but a bit more than friends. I don't know. Listen, Brandy, Kenny, I like you, but not in that way. I, 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 I feel like we've had that conversation. I'm sort of in a, in a thing with Tallahassee at the moment that I, I don't know if I want to put a label on it. So yeah, see, this I is agree. what I was, this is what I was talking about. Brandy, I've been, I've been meaning to ask, what's going on with in your head with your father, long term? You bring him back, and he's a human again. But what about after that? And Theo, when you find the King's Rock, what about after that? I haven't really thought that far ahead. It seems such a, it seems like such a long shot to be able to 
turn my dad back into a human being that I haven't even really thought about what to do afterwards. And I worry that if I do think about what to do afterwards, that might make me want it too much or, or maybe even worry about it happening ever. I don't know. The more poker-powered people we meet, the more I realise that these people need help. We can't control what we have. We can't control how people see us. I mean, we've all heard the rumours over the last month that things have gotten worse for poker-powered people. I'm scared for my safety. I'm scared for the safety of you guys, but I'm scared for everyone. And I don't, I don't know why, but I feel a certain responsibility. Maybe if I can find the answers for my powers, I can help all of them. Kenny, listen, there's something special about you. There's the reason we've all been brought together. And it's because there's something about your powers that go way beyond anybody else we've ever met. But you cannot be the person that thinks that the only way the world is solved is by you working harder. You have to give yourself some slack. We're doing this for each of ourselves, but also for everybody. If you think that the world rests on your shoulders, you're going to go mad. You have to just hope that you will get better. And if that helps other people get better, then that is great as well. But we have to find the King's Rock because that's the only way we're going to be able to find any answers to you, to anybody else. We, we need to make sure that you're okay first. Everybody else comes second. You guys don't come second to me. And I, I want to make it very clear, if it does come down to it, because I've been worried about readings of these tomes, and I know I'm not a scholar, okay? I know I didn't really do well at school. But... you got a B in maths. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Thank you. I got an A in botany. Unfortunately, unfortunately, in the Formian system, Z is the highest score you can get. So, oh, Kenny, so that's actually only, so I just got to be. But your A in botany makes sense personally with that. <laughs> if it ever comes down to it, I'm always going to choose both of you over the King's Rock because, to be honest, I, we don't even know what this thing is, and it might not be what what we want it to be. So just prepare yourselves for that. It, yeah. The things I've been reading in those books suggest that there are kind of two ways of this journey going, and one of them is sacrifice, and one of them is compassion. Literally weeks ago, I would have only gone by sacrifice, but now, I, yeah, we have to look after ourselves first in this situation. We can't, we can't keep getting distracted by other people. We have a mission to complete. Can we, can yeah. we just make a promise right here, right now, that we're always going to put the three of us first in this? Because I've, I've just got a bad feeling about where this is going to take us and I, I don't want to get to a point where I don't know how you both are going to react but I feel like if we make a promise now I'm going to know that you're always going to make the decision that's best for the, the three of us Brandy if I'm in control of myself you don't have anything to worry about I promise that with my whole heart and there's no church that rules over me now it's the three of us or it's nobody ditto critically <laughs> And as the three travelling companions snuggle into their blankets even further, sip their cocoa, the ship drifts on into the clear night sky. And just below, on the grounds of Formia, we see a small caravan of lights. A caravan of opportunity. Or a caravan, a caravan of, of prisoners. <laughs> or a caravan of prisoners. A caravan. <laughs> or just a caravan. Just a regular old caravan.
Thus ends season three of Critical Ditto. No, I'm just kidding. But it does end these pre-arc shipisodes that we hope have fleshed out our characters, our Pokemon, our world, and maybe even our plot. Thanks mainly to David. Next week we begin a brand new arc that I can exclusively reveal is called Rock Slide. You'll find out why in due course. In the meantime, I want to thank our amazing patrons. I'm talking to you, big fat nuke. Thank you for not being a small, skinny... What's the opposite of a nuke? A hug? I'm going to go with a hug. Thank you, Atlas Moth, for being such a well-travelled bug. Thank you, Josh Anderson, for being the best Josh patron we could ask for. Thank you, Alchemage, for all your alchemy and maginess. Thank you, Kaiko Pin Cosplay, for such a bouncy, plosive name. Thank you, Joel Williams, for being the best Joel patron we could ask for. Thank you, Trigula, for all your great paladin-ing and trigul-ing. Thank you, Haikili, for a name that transports me to Middle-earth every time I say it. Thank you, Cesar Trevino, for being the best Cesar patron we could ask for. Thank you, Force Major, for ensuring we're not too tempted by the dark side. Thank you, GGT, paladin extraordinaire and absolute hero. Thank you, Jonah Jackson, for being the best Jonah patron we could ask for. Thank you, Alistair Collinson, for basically creating the game we play for us. Thank you, Millamoy, for your live reacts that make Mondays a whole lot better. Thank you, Eric Eikinger, for being the best Eric patron we could ask for. Thank you, Ginny Voss, Discord legend and wonderful human being. Thank you Ryan Mitchell, aka Haunted the Vagabond, for being the best Haunted Vagabond patron we could ask for. And finally, our last patron, Crandon Creations, deserves a special thank you this week because they've done some absolutely amazing cover art for early Critical Ditto arcs. Tom mentioned this last week, but I'm going to highlight them again to implore you to check them out. You should all be able to see Crandon's art very easily. Simply listen to Raindance or Frenzy Plant on your podcast apps and the little picture that accompanies the episode should now be Crandon's cover art. Make sure to check them out because they are so, so, so cool. Evocative, colourful and crammed full of little, little Easter eggs that I just can't get enough of. At time of recording, they've completed Rain Dance and Frenzy Plant, so keep your eyes peeled for the others. Crandon has also helped us redesign our logo. So thank you so much, Crandon, for all your skills and, of course, your continued patronage. I'm also going to copy Tom in thanking Jelly for their art as well. Jelly designed the character art that has been our Twitter banner for absolutely ages, and has recently done some updated Season 3 character art, which I think is now public? I'm not sure. I might have to check with Stu on that one. He's the boss. Thank you ever so much to Michael Sands, the creator of RPG Monster of the Week, the TTRPG that we have hacked for this show. Please check out our Discord for more details, as on there we've uploaded unfinished documents that explain our system in more detail. Thank you also to the wonderful YouTube channel of Glitch X City and the fantastic Braxton Burks and the Material Collective for their albums Kanto Symphonies, Johto Legends and Time and Space. Thank you to the creators of Pokemon, of course, Jinichi Masada and Satoshi Tajiri. Well, well done to the two of you. We are not affiliated with Game Freak Nintendo or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. Thank you as always to my friends and yours, Stu, Tom and David. The Twitter handle for the podcast is at Critical Ditto. Stu can be found on at Stu Clark. 
David is at DJF Leavesley. I am found with at Alistair Hill 91 and Tom can be found on at Brandy Buns. Please leave us a review wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the aforementioned links and or join our Discord. Details of that can also be found on our Twitter page. We also now have an Instagram. Yeah, check us out. A podcast that you can see. I think our Instagram handle is Critical Ditto Pod, but I am pretty Instagram illiterate, so I'm going to stop there before I embarrass myself. And until next time, folks, go and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself. Jenny's, Jenny's just collecting the uh... <laughs> the evidence. Yeah, <laughs> the bag. Um, um, I'm just, just quick pause. Uh, I'm just going to go and see if Jenny needs any help. You worried, you're worried about your crying son. I'm a little bit concerned. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like that you stuck to the end of the intro. You were like, I'm not going to interrupt the intro. Our commitment. This.